Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, here we are, uh, what, two days away now from uh, what were the caucuses. And we have, uh, uh, and I'm not going to say that, but we have a lot of doo-doo that's floating out of the left now. Oh, my you know, God. Because they, they've got to find a way to sit there and go, historically, it was a historic win. And no matter how you slice this loaf of bread, it was a good victory. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, he's he he can't he doesn't have to follow suit in New Hampshire. Yeah, he does. And then in South Carolina. And everything looks to be that it will. Now the you know, the Democratic left is getting a machine, the judges, the E. Carroll uh lawsuits going on. I think mm-hmm. stuff is going on with that today. They're doing everything that they can to sling their their uh, negative slingshots and sling the crap, and that's well, what they're doing. Well, you know, it's interesting you should say that because uh, one of their wonderful outlets, uh, The View, which mm. I will never understand uh, why ABC keeps that on because there's no neutrality. It's just a, a mouthpiece for the woke left, no matter how you slice it, even if you are on the the woke left. Just look at it. You have to, if you're a logical person, uh, you got to see it for yourself. Anyway, yesterday, Sarah, uh, is your name Sarah Haynes? Yeah. She, um, Mm -hmm. she's a a never Trumper and, uh, she had this to say, listen to her, her logic. So, honestly, it's it's disappointing as a non-Trump supporter to see that. And an Iowan. Well, let me offer some color to this, though, to clarify this. It's disappointing (laughs) to see that come out of Iowa. But let me add a little perspective and and context that's very important. Only 5% of the population of the state caucuses. So when you see Iowa swept, or Trump swept Iowa, no, he did not. He, he, he swept 5% of the population. Only 13% of registered Republicans in the state of Iowa, 13% of the party showed up for that. And only three times in the past six, uh, eight, excuse me, Republican caucuses have they even predicted the candidate. So although I am a proud Iowan and we love our caucus time because it makes you feel seen in a country where Iowa we admittedly we lead simple lives like nobody's checking on us we're fine we love the caucuses we didn't earn it we just get it historically uh-huh. it's important to know those numbers when you're reading headlines because the headlines don't give you context these are small numbers and it's very important to remember so that so what did you say five percent five percent of the entire voting population in the state okay, showed up. understand something that mm. if if nikki haley had won iowa she would be probably standing on that desk at The View saying things like uh, it was a decisive win, overwhelming win, uh, a, a, a momentous win. That's the kind of talk she would have had if it was somebody who was channeling her view. But because it was a victory by Donald J. Trump, uh, they will minimize it. Now, understand something, and I think you mentioned this before the show started. It's true that he had over 50 percent of all of the voting which is historic, meaning the the highest they had before was Bob Dole, and that was 12%. Mm-hmm. Now, Trump had 51.5% or 52%. I mean, I don't care how you slice it, lady. That was a big, big uh, vote for Trump. So, I mean, she says it's only well, 5%. Well, be very clear, too. She's on The View. The View has... Well, it, 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 it doesn't have ratings. 
So there you go. So, yeah. but yet there they are spewing their negativity. And that is what it's really all about. I mean, even Rachel Maddow, who was a guest on their show to spew her negativity. And I will say this before I sit there and trash her, you know, uh, I'm not a leftist. You know, I am, you know, a center person <laughs> and right of center, but I'm not an extremist. Right. But I always appreciated Rachel for, you know, the way that she presents herself. I always said she was creative in her presentation, although I thought that she was a left-wing bugle, and she is. Mm -hmm. She was a kid in school that was not popular, that everybody said she will not make anything of herself. So hooray for her. She did pick herself up, and she put herself in a position. But she's got to really look at her life and say, you know, I am not a journalist, which she tries to say that she is. She's not. Now, on on her platform, you know, she sat there and said that MSNBC, you know, they, they made a critical choice and that uh, they are not going to show any of, like, uh, the, the Trump victory speeches. They're not doing that. It's a, it's a terrible position to have to take because it could be costly to them. No, it's it's what what she she admitted to is statehood. That is state-run television. Socialism. In my yes. opinion, socialist, you know? Yeah, and that is and that is the flag that she flies, and she flies it well. well she's, I, she's, well, she's a good flag waver for socialism. I am somebody who grew up watching NBC. I, I remember Chet Huntley and David Brinkley. Mm -hmm. I, I rem remember these guys, and I re remember how, uh, how great they were as far as being anchormen and journalists, uh, how they always took pride in their presentation of the news. And when I see this happening on NBC, I think to myself, it's lost. It's it's mm -hmm. done. They are not even close to what they used to be. And, you know, um, there's no coming back from it. You ruin a reputation. You sully a reputation of a, a news organization uh, like CNN. I don't think... Uh, all the money in the world will never get them back to being the trusted news source that they used to be 20 years ago. I, the Humpty Dumpty effect. You fall off yeah. the wall, your your shell Absol is cracked, and that's, yeah. Absolutely, Bill. You yep. make a yoke of yourself, pardon the pun, but that's <laughs> what they do. Speaking of NBC, did you know they edited out uh, the word Jesus when a, when a player from I Texas? Know. Uh, what was it, C.J. Strouds? He's, you a, know. he's a great quarterback. He uh, plays for the Texans. He had a mm -hmm. great game, and uh, he always – well, let me let me play the interview, okay? Uh, it's only a second or so. This is how uh, he was being interviewed on the field right after the victory, and here's what he said. First of all, I just want to give all glory and praise my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's been amazing being in this city for as short as I've been. And he goes, right. he goes on. He says he starts up by saying, first, I want to give – Thanks to, to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So they took that out. They took it out. I think it was NBC, yeah. Bill, wasn't it? Yeah. Now, you know, they want to know, the, the left wants to know where the black vote went. Well, I'm here to say that, you know, you, you uncloaked yourself over the years, that you're the true racist. And obviously, you don't understand the black population and their true values. They are very, look, just like Hispanics, you know, they have a good home, so, you know, social network there. They are very family-oriented. Or, They're God-fearing. 
And you're taking something that's very fundamental out of their life, and then you expect them to march to the beat of uh, your drum? Mm -hmm. That's not going to fly. No, they and, are they are solid people, and uh, uh, for him to and say, and I don't even like to say they are because no, no, no. We, I, I, I'm yeah. talking this minority group. All right, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to be people derogatory by yeah, saying no, they are. It's it's hard to sit there and not do that because well, and see that's another thing. He, he, the left has created a narrative to us and them, and I don't like that. Yeah, well, he I wasn't saying it that way. I mean, I, think I know, I'm, no, uh, but he says. Uh, uh, first, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What people don't realize, some people don't realize, even now after we started talking about this, is that in subsequent playbacks of that interview, uh, NBC and other outlets, including, by the way, the team, uh, the Texans, they they took the first I want to give thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, part out of the interview. So it starts out with him just talking about the football and he uh, people noticed it you know you know you don't cut yeah. something like that. people were commenting all over the place on x and other places that uh, they had taken uh that little clip out of his interview and it wasn't right you know and i'm sure he wouldn't be happy with it either because for him to say it in the first place means that it was important to him. It was important to him. Exactly right. But see, the news people will say, well, it wasn't important. It wasn't an important thing to be said. So they made a decision for him. Well, that means they made a decision for you. So if Jesus Christ is important in your life, and now that you know that NBC felt that it was an, an unimportant thing, then I would say you need to make a decision whether NBC, ABC, CBS, MSNBC, and all the rest of those fools are important to you. And if they're not, well, edit them from your life and your agenda because they have done it for you. And anybody else that edits, you know, out of, you know, the mainstream, what's important to you, mm -hmm. you've got to, you've got to do the same thing back to them. It's, it's not tit for tat. It's just that, do I really need you? No, I don't. You don't need NBC. You don't need CBS. You don't need the view. If they don't have your values at heart, then you don't need them. Nikki Haley was, um, she was in New Hampshire yesterday, I believe. Or maybe it was she was still in Iowa when she said this. But I thought it was interesting. Mind you, she came in third place. Nikki mm -hmm. came in third place. Listen. I can safely say, tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. <laughs> Is she a numbskull or what? I'm sorry, but... She came in third, and she's saying that after the after the uh, results of the night before last, it's a two person race. Well, she she wrote DeSantis off. Obviously, she didn't write Trump off. She's trying to joust, and you know what? It, they, I mean, they were close enough there in the numbers. I guess you know that she could do that. Nah, but... she she came in third, Bill. She came. No, in... no, yeah, she did. She did, and DeSantis has no. Uh, intentions of dropping out, but I, you know, Nikki. Now she also floated the uh, the E. Jean Carroll thing. Is it Trump's not guilty, which the left is having a field day with? He is guilty, but you know, I mean, this is a lawsuit. N number one, this woman fantasizes about rape. I mean, the dark fantasies of the twisted wind windmills of her life, uh, of her mind. She had had an affair with Trump, 
but it's not reality. And even the jury said, no, 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 no. But he's guilty of slander and stuff like that. Well, wait a minute. Hey, listen, I, I listened to Rick Santorum last night. Uh, he used to be the he's senator, a yeah. He's yeah. senator from PA, and um, he was on Newsmax. And I'm sorry, I, I do think that he's a bit of a, if not moderate, uh, he's influenced by those who are, quote, moderate, not conservative. Well, he's from Allegheny County, even though he's, yeah. you he, know, he, yeah. He said he used um, to be in the studios all the time there when I was there. He said uh, he thinks that uh, there is something that can dis- derail the uh, the Trump uh, train, and that would be if he's convicted of of a uh, one of these. Nah. And I, and you know, I heard Dick Mars say, who I think is a real astute observer, and yet understand Dick Mars used to be with the Clintons, all right, but he mm-hmm. is he's he's a uh, uh, I think a guy who is a strong observer of politics knows what he's talking about. He said, he said at this point, uh, nothing's going to stop a Trump voter for voting for Trump. Right. And I believe that. They know what's going on with these lawsuits. It's not going to be something which is going to change anybody's mind for, for the most part. Um, and, and, you know, I think he may lose in the city of New York but mm-hmm. I think ultimately he'll win on appeal all these cases. You know, Bill, I was thinking, does, you know, he's been accused of this, uh, this thing by this E. Jean Carroll. Uh, and, and I guess she, if she wins, can, and he wins an appeal, can he go after her for damages? Uh, possibly, that- but I don't know that he can, and I don't know that he would. I think he would move on and just, uh, you know, get, uh, you know, just, Put it behind him. Donald Trump has a history of you hit me, I punch you back. His whole life has been that way. He, he uh, If you take a, pu- a punch at Donald Trump, he will punch you back twice as hard. That's but why he I does ask. that when he's in the ring. When he's in the ring, it's no holds barred. But, you know, even in the Iowa thing, then he had to, he was very nice, very humble with everything going, you know, basically saying, okay, the, the fight is over. I won this thing. You know, he didn't. He didn't even have to say he won the thing. You knew, so he was saying now it's time for us to come together. He, he's throwing out the the olive branch there to say, fight's over. We got to get along again because it's all part of this not game, but it's all part of the process. You know. Yeah, you, but it's a different. Ring with you, it's a different ring. You know, when yeah. you're talking about pol- politics, and he's still in the 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 fight, so to speak. The election continues, but, but he's with, trying with, to. Re- with e, but with E. Jean Carroll, she went after him personally to to sully his reputation. If he wins and that fight is over, technically, does he counter sue her with the slander or something like that? I, I mean, just just. I, I think look. he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. I mean, you know, which which is the bigger damning? Um, because if he countersues her, you know, then people might say, well, it's vindictive and the left would do that. You know, I, I think the, the thing that he's got to do is is find a way to, you know, shut this door and uh, make her fade away into the woodwork. Well, what you they're know? trying to do, by the way, in New Hampshire now is they're really trying to sell the fact that Nikki Haley is surging. Uh, they had John. Not. They had John Sununu, the governor of uh, New Hampshire, on television yesterday on with Eric Bowling. And uh, he made an ass of himself. Uh, he's talking about how uh, he's, his people are going to carry Nikki Haley across 
the finish line. She's going to be successful. And, and that being said, Fox News played this yesterday. In just two hours, former President Donald Trump will hold his first rally here in New Hampshire in a month's time. You can see behind me, this is the line of folks who have been out here braving the snow since 5 o'clock this morning to see former President Trump after his landslide victory in Iowa last night. Now, those folks who are braving this 29-degree weather and 6 inches of snow are also going to see Vivek Ramaswamy share a stage with Trump for the first time marking their first event together, I should say, since Vivek Ramaswamy uh, stepped down, dropped out of the race, and endorsed former President Trump last night. Now, mind you, that was that report was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. People right. have been standing outside since 5 o'clock in the morning in a snowstorm and in, in frigid uh, temperatures, and they were still there. It was packed. It was packed. Mm-hmm. That's, what, 10, 10 hours of them standing out in the elements, and, yeah, and, yeah. and they're trying to make it sound like Nikki Haley is surging? Yeah, well, they're going to do that. and uh, uh, But, you know, that that's not the right pushing. That is, uh, that is the left pushing because they want to dictate who is going to be on the ballot for the Republicans because I think it gives them a better chance. I mean, you know, they're, they're rolling Biden out like he's the Trojan horse that can beat anything, and he's not. You know, step right up, my friends, for the greatest show on on earth i mean it's it's, it's you know i don't know the um on tuesday he called uh, another early morning lid when they call a lid that means the president will not be around all day he's he's incommunicado as they would say mm, uh, taking a nap yeah yeah it says according to the rnc research uh joe biden has held four public events over the last 25 days and spent the rest of the time on vacation or doing nothing. Yeah, I wonder about that and you know what's going to happen because there is fear from the left. Hey, he's got to he's got to ramp it up. Can he will he or is it all just part of a show that they're putting on? And then, you know, because they own the machine, they own the left, they own the news. So no matter how bad it is, he can when he kicks it in gear, they can make it they can they can pull out the smoke and mirrors. And make it appear to be anything they want it to be. Yeah. Well, uh, I think he is. Um, I I think he's. I don't know whether he's having an, a health issue that we just don't know about. And like Lloyd Austin, where you know the the nine one one call yeah. was uh, revealed to where they didn't want you to know how dire it was. I think we did want to know how dire it is, so that we know that the world knows that we have a backup plan. So if we're saying we don't have a backup plan for him, do we have a backup plan for Joe? It ain't Kamala. I saw a video of Joe during these four days that he was seen by the public, and he never looked more confused anytime, anywhere. Uh, He he looks like uh, an old guy who's lost, And, and maybe that's why they have a lid on. They just don't know what to do anymore. You can't hide his... His uh, his issues, his health. So maybe issues. it's maybe it's like that movie that was out there. Sigourney Weaver played the wife, where the guy was uh, the, the the actual president was you know on life support. So they found a, a guy that uh, kind of looked like him that Dave. became the president. Yeah, Dave. Or yeah, was it Dave? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was great. Maybe that's what's going they, on. With they him. snuck him in through a tunnel in, in into the uh, White House, mm-hmm. and, and uh, he started to be a good president. He went from yeah. being a bad president, the real guy, uh, to being 
a really good president. And uh, it was it was a an interesting premise. You don't know. I mean, I've heard people say that there's a, a, a train of thought where people say this. There's doubles for these guys. There's uh, mm-hmm. people, there are people who look like Biden or are made to look like Biden who, you know, are surrogates. But uh, right, uh, they should get they should, if they do that. They should get some guy who can string words together. Anyway, uh, Vivek endorsed uh, Trump as you know the night before last. Right, he was uh, on the stump in New Hampshire with Trump yesterday, and he said this: "We the people create a government that is accountable to us, not the other way around. That we the people choose who leads this country." And so we heard "We the people" last night, and that is why last evening. I met my friend here, we met in person, and I told him that I would endorse Donald J. Trump for President of the United States and do everything in my power to lead us to victory in this war. It is a 1776 moment right now. That's where we live right now. And you want to know, what does it mean to be a Republican today? It means we believe in the ideals of 1776. Ideals like freedom and merit and the pursuit of excellence. That's Vivek Ramaswamy, and he does a great job on the stump. He sounds great. Right. And uh, he is articulate. Uh, I don't know how much Trump is going to use him. What do you think? Well, I don't know. There was a, you know, there were chants, probably his crowd, that were saying, you know, VP, VP, VP. And, you know, uh, my friend up here uh, made a made a comment that uh, you know, she didn't know that uh, if, if America's ready yet for, he's obviously what, Indian, you know, yeah. and, yeah, and, and it's very obvious. And maybe, you know, inherently uh, the public is just not ready to embrace him. Don't as we have president. that? Don't we have that already with Carmela? Yes, we do, but they haven't realized it. And when she was forced upon us, I think Joe was forced upon us. You know, Trump has not been forced upon us. You know, Iowa embraced him wholeheartedly. And I think anything that he condones, you know, uh, so there's a path for Vivek to where he could be uh, a big part of uh, the Trump uh, White House. Mm. Who knows, even a VP, you know, maybe he is that uh, third horse. Uh, in there. He, he had uh, Carrie, Carrie Lake was in Iowa and yeah. uh, he made a point in the rally, the victory rally. To of, point her out. Yeah, point her out, single her out. and, and But uh, he also he also praised Vivek, too. And he's even gone mm-hmm. on, you know, to sit there and, uh, you know, find some positive things for Haley, and, you know, and she did the other. So I think he's trying to unite the party of saying, look, this fight is over. Now, whether, now Vivek got that message. Uh, even Krispy Kreme Donut got the message before Iowa, but, you know, he's still a, he's a Trump denier. Now he's just quiet. I mean, he's got a bag of donuts. He's happy. Uh, but, Trump um, Trump was in New Hampshire. He said this. With your help, one week from now, we're going to win the New Hampshire primary, and then we're going to defeat crooked Joe Biden. He's a crooked guy. He's the worst president in the history of our country. He's the most corrupt president in the history of our country. And frankly, he's the most incompetent president. You're going to end up in World War III with this guy. But we're going to take back our country, and we are going to what? Make America great again. 
And I stand before you today as the only candidate who is up to the task of saving America from every single Biden disaster. And they're only disasters. What has he done good? Everything, I mean, think of it. You had no inflation. You had nothing. That's uh, just a little snippet of what he set up in New Hampshire. Um, right. He is, I think he's very strong there. I think he's going to do very well. And the media will have to spin it again. Maybe maybe Nikki Haley will come in second, and DeSantis will be in third place. Mm-hmm. But I don't see, I, I could be wrong, I do not see him t- uh, losing to Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. And by the way, do you know in, in South Carolina, which is the next stop, Nikki Haley, who is the former governor of South Carolina, she's behind in the polls by 30 points? Yeah, and I think it's going to get worse. And to be honest with you, I think the media realizes they've got to throw everything they got against Trump this week to try to soften his appeal to the right. But I don't know that they can do that. Uh, I don't know that it's even possible because I think that, uh, uh, you know, the deal is up. We know what's going on with the left and the left media. And I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have a historic blowout Mm-hmm. In New Hampshire, too. And if that happens, the Trump train is full throttle going down the track. And I guess my question, Bill, is is that a good thing for his security and safety? No. No, I mean, because I don't know that there's enough safety to protect him from the left. But I think if they did something that stupid, mm-hmm. I would go on record as saying that that would be that would be when they let the the right-wing genie out of the box and all hell would historically break loose and it would not be a safe place for anybody anywhere because if, I think America's fed up with yeah. what's going on. I heard a lady being interviewed on one of the talk shows uh, yesterday, and I think she was from New Hampshire, and she said, or maybe she was from Iowa, she said, we're just fed up with what's going on over the last three years. We're fed up with what they're doing to our country, and we want our country back. And she felt she felt as if it had been taken from her, and and it's it's being abused. I and I think she's right. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people feel that way. They feel like it's been you know. If you ask those people who are supporting Trump, I'll bet you at least eighty percent of them feel that the election was stolen. If they mm-hmm. if you're a Trump supporter, you don't think that the twenty twenty election was fair. I do not know, Bill, how they're going to do it in 2024 any differently. I mean, are they going to have paper ballots? I got to read you this, Bill. This is, this does in in a way, uh, uh, it's, it's a story that is kind of related to politics. A team of Chinese researchers has successfully developed a mutant strain of the coronavirus with an alarming 100% kill rate in mice specifically designed to target brain cells. This is from the Daily Mail. The findings detailed in a contentious study highlight the pathogen's enhanced lethality lethality, and the potential risk it poses for spillover into human populations. First of all, why Why did they even do this? That's exactly the question. What the hell are these people doing? You want a virus that has a 100% kill rate. Okay, so let's well, just say that... Before before we discuss this, Bill, one more thing. Uh, you may have forgotten this. I know I had forgotten it. 
But um, let me see where they got the story right. I believe it was Boston University in 2022. Uh, mm-hmm. It says, in 2022, at Boston University, scientists created a new deadly COVID strain with an 80% death rate compared to the approximately 1% rate of COVID-19. Now, how would you like to be sending your kids to BU in Boston and on the same campus as your child, who's supposed to be safe and secure and getting educated, you have them developing this deadly COVID vaccine. You know, from Wuhan, they couldn't control it. Well, you know, think about this. You know, kids that go to college, they come from all over the world. And they may not pledge allegiance to the United States of America, but they're going to school here. And let's say that they're working at Boston University on that in that lab that's created that 80% kill rate, and now there's a 100% kill rate virus. You've got one kid with ill intentions for whatever reason, and he goes, I'm going to take this, yeah. and I'm going to release it in the cafeteria, and you know the model of how diseases spread. If not, uh, go back to uh, the, uh, the Stephen King uh, story. What was that called? It um, was uh, infection or something. It, it no, was, but uh, I, I know what you're it talking was. about. It was, yeah, they even they even did a remake of it with Whoopi Goldberg. It was very good, but it mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's an old novel of his. But you know, the one becomes two, two becomes four, four sixteen. It, the doubling ratio, and it doesn't take long before it's everywhere. It only has to start one place, and wouldn't that be you know the birth of America is the death of America? Well, you know, my, getting back to the original question. You know what the hell are these people doing making these va- viruses, and and should they be arrested? Should they be in prison? Should they be? I mean, should there be penalties for people creating this stuff? I, I and by the way, I think well, BU is an example. I'm sure they got government funding for that. You know, mm-hmm. um, what the hell are we doing creating this stuff? Well, it's got military intent. You know, the, the you go back to the story of uh, weaponry. And, you know, they always talked about the neutron bomb. And supposedly yeah. it was a bomb you could drop and leave leave the buildings and infrastructure there and take out the population, which right. is not true. But, you know, a virus can. You know, and a virus could sit there and have a, have a life ratio to where it dissolves. So let's just say you've got a virus that's got a 100% kill ratio. You unleash that in an area, and then it kills the population and dissipates. Now you can come in and conquer and colonize because... But, Bill, you know, I'm not a virologist, but um, I've been told that uh, viruses are always mutating. So you well, think they always do. You think you're the smartest damn, uh, you know, virologist in the world. You come across with this great uh, novel virus. You figure it's this is controllable. I'm going to drop it in the middle of Boston, and it will only take out the people who live in... Boston proper, it won't hit the suburbs because by the time it spreads that far, it will have dissipated. But the virus may have a different plan. You know, the well, all- a virus is a living thing. We're a living thing. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, I don't know that you break it down to where you say, does it have free thought and free will? I don't know, I- but it does have. Yeah, I don't I don't think it has free will, but I think, I, I mean, viruses, I don't know how they work. Yeah. But they do mutate. Right. 
So that means that it has some form in it that sits there and goes, it will propagate itself. You know, yeah. it's not free thought and free will, but the, my point was, is that it is a living thing and all living things propagate. Speaking you know, of, uh, of viruses, uh, travelers at Dulles and Reagan airports were exposed to measles linked to an, quote, international traveler, end quote, earlier this month. They won't mm. say whether it's illegal. They're calling it an international traveler. You know, the woke left does everything it can to uh, give cover to the illegals who are in this country. I mean, you they don't want you calling them illegals anymore. They're undocumented aliens. You know, the fact that they came across illegally is supposed to be irrelevant. But uh, in, in this year, they're saying... Well, it's an international traveler. Most of the international travelers are vaccinated. The uh, ones that they're having a problem with, the ones they're having a problem with are the ones who are coming across the southern border. There's, there's a big uptick of polio and other uh, things that we, tuberculosis, and we mm -hmm. haven't seen TB in God knows how long. And now they got measles at Reagan and, and Dulles. Unbelievable. So if we have this... You know, epidemic, I guess. You know, you sit there and say, well, we got to break out of everything. You know, we're going to have to come up with a national vaccine. Is that the way that they introduce a national vaccine? Is the, under the auspices of, well, we, you know, we have all these, these, um, you know, not though, you, just, you just, you may not realize it, but you stumbled on something which, um, uh, I just, it just hit me. It, you know, we, if you have a 1% death rate with COVID-19, odds are people are going to say, ah, I'm not getting the vaccine. But if you tell everybody that this new vac this new virus is has a 100% kill ratio, right. and the only way you're going to live, the only way you're going to live is if you get the vaccine. Does that not change people's attitudes towards getting a vaccination? If you're told, if you don't get it, you're going to die. Well, here's your problem, though. Your problem is nobody's going to believe that they got a vaccine with 100% kill ratio unless it's unleashed somewhere and they see it. Now, if they see it, you know, uh, let's be honest, I want to live. You know, so then you might be inclined to go get the vaccine. But then if you get the vaccine, I, you know, I got to believe that one leads to another, to another, to another, to another once they got you, they got you on it. You know, now, you know, you know. they, I believe they want to vaccinate the, the world. And Why? I, because I think there's a, a more nefarious uh, reason for it other than just to get people from getting the vac, the um, infection. Well, I, you know, I, they're. Go ahead. So, sometimes they've used placebos. Some people get the vaccine, some people don't. Is it. The, the Bill Gates way of uh, population control saying, you know, we'll unleash wow. this deadly virus because he and his wife were talking about it. Oh, wait until they get a load of this one. That's right. You know, and they, they put it out there and then they go, okay, uh, every third person gets the real vaccine and the other two thirds, they get the placebo. It's they funny you should say that. They only said this a month ago. We had the yeah. audio on our show that uh, uh, Bill Gates and his wife, his ex-wife, right. were uh, smiling Broadly, when uh, they were talking about the new pandemic, 
like they knew something we didn't know. And you'll be getting the vaccination. <clears throat> yeah, and then there's control, too, because now if you know there's a deadly disease out there and you're likely to get it, it's the plague of the modern time. And the only way to do it is to get the vaccine. Oh, well, you want the vaccine. You have to come into the fold and be part of this social family that we are creating. And by the way, you can't vote for Trump. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's mm-hmm. one party rule. This is it. In other words, you got to be a member of the club. And I mean, a real member of the club or you don't get to live. I keep remembering uh, what he said. Bill Gates said about a, a year ago, he thought the ideal population size for the world was 550 million. A lot of people have to die for that population level to come down to that point, 550 million. Well, he doesn't believe in God, and, you know, uh, now whether God's going to come down and strike his fist down on Bill Gates or not, I don't know. But, you know, if I were Bill Gates, I wouldn't test the theory if I were him because, you know. If he's wrong, wrong, it could be life-altering. Um, John Kerry is in, I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, Davos is happening again. It seems yes, like Yes, it is. It seems like it's always happening. John Kerry was uh, walking to a meeting at Davos. You know, he flew in on a private jet. Of course he did. You know, he'll tell you, well, I don't own a private jet anymore. But what he did is he took his private jet and sold it to a company that he leases the private jet back from. So technically, he doesn't own the jet anymore. But, I mean, if his family is the only uh, client, you know, using the jet, it's just uh, bookkeeping, friends. It's still his jet. Well, maybe he owns the corporation or stock in the corporation that is that company. In other words, you know, hidden paper, he still owns the damn thing. It could be. John Kerry was uh, interviewed in the – he was walking to a meeting, and he was even being protected by some woman. You'll hear her interrupt every so often. Uh, But listen. What's the carbon footprint of these events every single year that you come here? You think it's worth it? That's Peasants pay for your crimes? That's a stupid question. Is it, a, is it really? Is it, is, it, is it more stupid than you travelling here to tell us? <laughs> Please, sorry? We're done. We're we done. are done now. Don't grab me. You can't grab us. This is a free society, mate. This is, we have freedom of the press. Why do you think you're more important? Your carbon footprint doesn't matter, but everybody else around the world... suggested that. Nobody ever suggested that. Don't make up stupid questions. You, you being here suggests that. Stupid question. You being here every single year and doing this suggests that. And, and I have done a huge amount... Listen, now, finish, Why can't I ask him questions? Please. Who are you? Why are you trying to bully me out of us? No, so please. A lot of people say no to a lot of the policies and agendas he pushes. They don't get a choice. So why can't we ask him a question in a public space? Can you not touch me? Can you not touch me? No, I'm I'm happy. Wait. So so answer. We can walk nicely. Your question. What did you answer? Please, sir, thank you so much. I don't even know. I, I, I don't know. Sir, sir. Listen, I, that's all right. We're walking to the meeting. Okay, thanks. You're a bunch of, why are you working so hard to protect such a criminal? 
That's right. I mean, understand understand what? something. He's being he's being protected by by women, uh, and he's, he's walking along, and and he flew in on a nice Gulf Stream jet. He doesn't fly uh, private. I mean, the public. Let me give you another thing. The new president of Argentina, I think his name is Millie. Uh, he flew to Davos to to give them hell. Essentially, he went there to tell them that to knock it off. We want our freedoms. And when he flew to Davos, he flew on a public airline. He didn't use the presidential airplane, and they have a jet in Argentina for him. He said, "No, I'm going on a regular airline." He, I think he flew uh, first class. I I don't blame him for that. But he flew with the regular people to Switzerland, which I thought was kind of interesting. And uh, in the meantime, you have this guy, uh, Kerry, who's, who's over there to raise hell to, to tell you and I that we should be careful about our carbon footprint. And in the meantime, he's pouring out more carbon every time he gets in that jet than we'll do in a lifetime, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just, it, and this is how Gates is too. Gates, these people who have, the wherewithal, they think that, okay, I have it. I'm they different. They think they're above you. And this is a stupid question. No one's ever asked that before because you never let anyone ask it or, or you know, no one ever filmed it or got it on mic of that question being asked. But it's been asked before. You're just a denier. And, you know, that that's they're deniers. But yeah. They call us deniers. Well, um, I, I think it's in, we're probably going to get some uh, interesting stories coming out of Davos over the next few days. Uh, they try, by the way, to, to keep a lid on what they're talking about. They try to make it kind of private. If you went there to Davos, from what I understand, mm-hmm. everything I've read, they have a, a really sophisticated security system. They have uh, essentially troops, private uh, military guarding everything. So that uh, you just can't stroll into a meeting at Davos. Uh, you have to go through checkpoints and be approved to be on the floor. Uh, I don't know. If you don't think there's a globalist agenda, if you don't think there's a deep state out there trying to do something, then I dare say you are just not paying attention. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, no, but- that's true. Bill, a defense minister in Belarus, said on Tuesday that the country closely uh, allied with Russia will put forth a new military doctrine that for the first time provides for the use of nuclear weapons. Yeah, I saw that. That changes everything, folks, because if mm. Belarus says, hey, look, at in certain certain conditions, we can fire nuclear weapons, too. That means that. Well, Germany's going to say, well, if that's the case, we can fire nuclear weapons too, as can Poland, as can France, as, you know, the, it, it, they're all going to be talking nuclear. Well, yeah, you know, the well, the cork is off. We got one genie sticking its head out of the bottle. How many more genies? I mean, you know, the genie's out of the bottle, so to say, and uh, the nukes. Now, you want to talk about a 100% kill ratio, forget the virus, you know. Yeah, you fire the nukes. I mean, if you if you survive that, you know what survives. You know you're going to be a deformed person, or you're going to have cancer down the road, which is a terrible way to go. Either way, we're unleashing stuff on the people. 
you know, that uh, is horrendous. Yeah. But the, the rich will uh, prevail because they have their little shelters. They have everything they need. Uh, and that's terrible. Did you hear about ABC canceling uh, the last Republican debate? Yeah. Yeah. Nikki Which, Haley you know, wouldn't participate. Oh, big deal. <laughs> well, she figured, they guess they figured that if their star wasn't going to be there, then there's no reason to have it. So. Yeah, she's got a big, uh, big impression of herself. But you know what? The star has got people waiting outside in six inches of snow to see him. Yes. You know, he's the star. And I, you know, I'm kind of thinking that New Hampshire uh, might be as big as, if not bigger, than Iowa. Now, wouldn't that be something? Then what's the left? Boy, gonna you, they're going to they're gonna try to tell you different between now and next Tuesday. They're going to try to sell everybody on Nikki Haley. You watch. Uh, the, every day they'll be saying, my goodness, another poll has come out and uh, Nikki Haley is march, marching on. Oh, my goodness, look at this. It looks like it's going to be an overwhelming victory for Nikki Haley. They're going to try, well, to, they're going to, try to make you think that uh, something's happening that really isn't happening. Well, okay, you know, Christie's out, Vivek's out. All right. Where are those numbers going to go? They're going to go to Nikki. They're going to go to DeSantis. They're going to go to Trump. You know, they're 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 not counting Trump. Trump has already got, you know, what he's got. But with those other numbers, you know, I don't know that they go to Nikki or they go to DeSantis. DeSantis, I think, you know, he's he could have some footing, but I think he's making mistakes. I heard um, a lady this morning on um, on one of the New England talk shows say that uh, she's sick of of their state, meaning New Hampshire, being infected by uh, the wackos from Massachusetts. See, what's happened, folks, if you're not familiar with the territory, mm -hmm. is that uh, a lot of a lot of people who live in Massachusetts have moved to New Hampshire. It's yeah. become essentially a bedroom community for Boston. Because right. you can, you know, it's not a long way. I mean, in 45 minutes, you can be in downtown Boston from uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. You know, it's not it's not far, and um, I don't, I don't know. I, I I see I see her point. I don't think it's going to change. I only think it's going to be. But I also don't think that. I think you're going to see a change in in the way Massachusetts voters vote in the uh, upcoming election. You may say, why is that? I'll tell you why. The governor of Massachusetts, this uh, Nick, what's her name, um, Maura Healy. Yeah, she's she, an idiot. Yeah, yeah she is. She has just essentially said, if you have an extra room in your house, you got to give it up for an illegal. You got to mm -hmm. invite them into your house, and and they're implying that it may end up being something you have no choice over. Not too far down the road, they have an act in Massachusetts, a right to a right to be housed act. Something it's a it's the dumbest thing. It, what they're saying is anybody who moves to Massachusetts has a right to have a roof over their head. I mean, well, it's interesting. I saw a story yesterday, and it, actually, it happened two years ago and again this past year where somebody bought a house. All right. And they go, hey, great. They signed at the bank and everything, you know, and the attorney's there. Okay, here's the keys. The house is yours. Uh, and then they go there, and boom, they see that somebody's already living in the house. Now, apparently, they had a fake lease. 
Well, then, you know, the, the decision was, well, you're going to have to take this to, uh, you know, to court. And, you know, it's just a regular court that you go to, which could take you a year or two years to get them her, evicted, to get them evicted. But then there's another thing that kicks in. All right. Not eminent domain, but squatters rights. And I thought, oh, oh. <laughs> squatters rights, which goes back to what you just mentioned, that everybody yeah. has a right to a roof over their head. So imagine that they come in and say, well, look, you got a three bedroom home. You know, your kids are gone off to college. You don't need those rooms. You know, so they effectively say, we're going to seize that. We'll give you market value for uh, that room. Okay, but that doesn't that doesn't affect of how they cause a change in your lifestyle and your home and your domain because they have rights and they have rights in there. And does your value of the home increase or, you know, they're hanging pictures on your walls? <laughs> does it decrease? Well, didn't the guy, and then at the I end have, of it all, they have squatters rights. I, I mean, I, I got to ask you, didn't the guy who bought the house do an inspection of the house before he bought it? I mean, what kind of numbskull buy something well, without looking at it? I, the story that I read, the people drove up to their house on the very day that somebody was unpacking a U-Haul. And they were getting into it, and then they sat there and said, well, we have a lease. We have a lease, yeah, we signed it. Actually, uh, it's my uncle that has the lease. His uh, name is Quinn. What's his last name? I don't remember, but, you know, we got a lease. Well, okay, now that means that you got to go to civil court. Civil court can take a while before you get into that thing. So it's very possible that they saw it. There was a fake lease out there, squatters. And that's where the problem is, because there's another story here. Do you have to live in a house for a period of time to claim squatter's rights? I mean, can you just, I mean, otherwise, anytime a house is sold, if, you, if you're if you somebody who wants to move into that vacant house, you can just sneak in there before the real homeowners and say, I have squatter's rights? I, I would think that the police would come along and say, no, you don't. Get your stuff. Well, I think there is a time limit, but the point is, the time limit will have expired by the time you get to court. Well, I I, I would think that in all honesty, you if if it's, if they're just doing it the day you're moving in, then the police could come by and, and escort them off property. No, they can't. They go. It's, it's but they're not go. living in the bill. They're 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 trying. Well, no, to- well, they've already got property in it. They've already, in other words, they already had property in it. Look, I don't know the full scale of it, but I thought, boy, this is interesting. And it did take a while before they got the people evicted. Uh, in the one case, the other case, they're sitting there with their hands in the air going, I don't know what to do. Um, in the meantime, it, the owner has to pay for it. Yeah. You know, it's buyer beware. And, yeah, you've got to sit there and... Um, well, you know, it's like, you know, have, you heard of, have you seen these things on TV for um, title insurance? Mm-hmm. Apparently, there are title thieves out there. Oh who, yeah! Who can steal your title? You pay for a house. You would think that your title is protected in in the uh, clerk's office in your town, but apparently, from what they're saying, it's really not. <laughs> it's like, hey, I you bought know, the house. Real estate is really a fragile thing. Now, d- does that mean don't buy rent? Well, yeah, you can rent, but the point is. You know, we need to go back and, and, and fix, you know, clean up a lot of things. But I think, you know, when you got all these illegals coming in and everything else, you know, uh, a lot of laws can be, uh, you know, subversively gotten around to 
you know, have things taken right out, uh, right, right out from under you, which is crazy. We live in a crazy, mixed-up world. Speaking of crazy, mixed-up world, the uh, Emmys hit a new historic mm. low uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, you know, they they had drag queens. They even had some person who was dressed up seriously. This is true, as a hell goblin. Uh, a hell goblin. They, That's they would nice. dre- they would dressed up. Uh, I think it was a, a performer, but they were dressed up to look like a satanic hell goblin, all green with evil red eyes and pointed ears and uh, no no hair. And they were like sitting in the front row or something like that. I didn't watch the Emmys, but I saw a picture. But anyway, the good news is a measly 4.3 million viewers watched the Emmy Award show hosted by Fox that is like record low. It's like people are saying mm-hmm. enough. Do you know that I think the Miss America pageant was uh, within the last couple of days? And it used to be a big thing. We used to watch it on television. It was like everybody gathered around the TV set for the Miss America pageant. It's on tonight. And it was always on like a major network. And, and now it's like it, I didn't even know it was on. Let me ask you a question. Did they have, you know, because everything's gotten woke, I'm sure they had a transgender. Well, let me tell you, it's a good question. I'm glad you asked. The winner of the Miss America <laughs> pageant this time around, this is going to shock the living bejeebas out of you, was a woman graduate from the U.S. Air Force Academy who is now go- getting her doctorate at Harvard. We're talking Amazing. about. Wait a second. It was a woman who is the Miss America of night of 2024. I thought to myself, boy, wonders will never cease. Maybe we've gone 360. Maybe people are starting to wake up. I said to my wife uh, yesterday, I said, I don't know where the heck the, the women from uh, the National Organization of Women have gone, but over the last few years, they have vaporized. They're nowhere to be found. They have allowed... Mm-hmm. All this garbage to be thrown at women all over the place. I mean, women work their tails off to be great athletes, and then they, they want to compete in their categories, and some clown guy says, I, I want to put a wig on, I feel like a woman, and compete. And they say, okay, well, he feels like a woman. That's all that counts, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is, I think I mentioned this yesterday. You know, parents used to have to worry about talking to the kids about birds and the bees. Now they have to talk about the birds and the bees, the bees and the bees, the bees and the birds, the birds with uh, a feeling that they look like bees, and the I mean it goes on and on and on, and uh, uh, we laugh at it, but there's a lot of truth to it, you know. Uh, you, you I, speaking of that, speaking of, uh, I could go mm-hmm. on. It's a, I have a cut here. This is the CEO, I believe his name is Kirby, from uh, mm-hmm. United Airlines the CEO of United. Now, yesterday we kind of mentioned this, and we said, well, it has to be like uh, support people, not pilots. I want you to hear what he said. 
How is diversity and diversity targets working into the Aviator Academy? We have committed that 50% of the class of, of the classes will be women or people of color. Uh, today, only 19% of our pilots at United Airlines are women or people of color. And by the way, from all the data I've seen, that's the highest of any airline in the country. White males don't just dominate in the cockpits, also in the C-suite at United Airlines. Well, look, at United, I'm proud of the diversity that we actually have in our, our C-suite. I think if you look around corporate America. Correct me if I'm saying that. So I, this is just based off your website, the people you list as executives, but out of 11 people, three are women. I believe one is a person of color. Um, that's correct. Um, but, you know, in corporate America, I think, you know. That's a low bar. How do you yeah. raise your own bar? Well, a lot of this is, you know, focusing on it. We have uh, programs to, one of the things we do is for every job when we do an interview, we require women and people of color to be involved in, in the interview process, bringing people in early in their careers um, as well uh, and giving them those opportunities uh, and creating a stronger band. Now, if you don't know what the C-suite is, it's the corporate, the corporate office, you know, corporate suite, uh, corporate uh, conference rooms. It's the executives at United mm-hmm. Airline, and he and he was caught. Uh, he was trying to tell everybody he's going to bring fifty percent uh, minorities and people of you know women and and people of color and make them pilots. Uh, mm-hmm. And then he the, he the guy says, "Well, you know, how about your own executive uh, division? You only have one black and two women on your board." And and he stumbles. It's like, uh, 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 well, uh, uh, we we still ask. Uh, we try to get more people. Uh, I mean, they're hypocrites, friends. It's it's all for show. And the thing that scares me about United is they're going to try to force uh, minorities and people, other people, uh, women and people into the pilot seat. I don't want mm-hmm. somebody in that seat who's there because of their skin color or their gender. I want somebody who knows how to fly the friggin' plane to keep it in the air. We live in a world where everything is bass backwards, and that's just the way it is. Jake Jake Long, you know, it's three years today for January 6th that he's been held and no trial. Now, my question is, did they ever formally charge all these people before they locked them away? No. No. Then they're in violation of the law because 72 hours is how long you can hold somebody. Yeah, they got, they got and, an in, some insurrection act or something, Bill. Something. No, 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 no. Because insurrection has never been proven. And there has been no, you know, it, they they want to tout it. You know, they're touting it, but it was not proven. And if it is insurrection... Then we need to go back and look at all the rallies, the the Black Lives Matters, the well, whole nine yards, and gather should, them all up. It's funny you should say it because if I don't know whether you saw this on on Saturday, but there was a massive. They some figures are said to be eighty thousand uh, mm-hmm. demonstrators in, in front of the White House. Uh, these were pro Palestinian, uh, pro Gaza, pro Hamas people who were not peaceful. They they were. They were rocking the fences. They had security fences in front of the uh, regular fence of the White House, and they were rocking the security fences. The Secret Service had to remove all non-essential people from the White House, and and, uh, it was a dangerous situation. They did more, I would say, active damage damage than was done on January 6th, and nobody talks about it. Nobody. All right. But they went after the January Sixers with uh, cell phone records and surveillance. There's there's cameras everywhere. 
So obviously, for what just happened, there would be cell phone records and surveillance videos where they would have the face recognition. Now, if you tell me that the cameras were off for this particular situation, then that's that tells me that there was pre-knowledge of it, and uh, we're going to let this slide. And that also tells me that we had entrapment going on on January 6th. It oh, was absolutely. Planned. Yeah. And now you, you, there was a coup. And that means it's a reverse coup, and that's on the other side. If you got entrapment going on there, you've got the 72-hour hold law that they they violated. There were no charges. A lot of these people, no, nothing formally done. You know, they're just sitting in a jail. That is a violation of even a criminal's rights. In other words, you've got me. You either got to bring charges or you got to set my butt free. And, and don't think for this. one second, don't think for one second that uh, these people who have put these people in prison aren't concerned that Donald Trump is going to be president because their jig might be up, meaning oh, if he's president, there might be a penalty for what they did to these uh, January no. Sixers. I mean, January 6 is a warning to the voters out there. You, you rally with this guy. You rally with this guy. This is going to happen to you. We're going to lock you up and throw away the key. You're going to sit in there rot before we get around to trying. You know, by the way, when we try you, we don't need no stinking evidence. You're guilty. You know, that's, um, that's a word to the MAGA. That is what we're going against. There's a guy named, and I don't know his real name, but he goes by the, uh, the name Penguin Six. P Penguin, like the bird. Penguin mm -hmm. S-I-X. You spell out the last name. He's on YouTube. And he lives in Washington. He's, a, I think, a former high-level uh, executive in government. He's retired, apparently, and he has a video camera. And he likes to cover all these events that are going on in Washington. He, right. he covered this protest on Saturday with his camera. And that's how I saw what was happening in Washington. And there was no cutting. There was no... Uh, manicuring of the video it was as it was it's about 20 minutes maybe 30 minutes long uh if you go to youtube and you type in penguin six uh you mm. will see the video and you will see what was really going on i mean they had crowds of people uh they looked like isis in the middle of the street uh doing Allah akbar now that i'm not I have no problem with that i mean Allah akbar but in this country, that has a significance that uh, is different from just the religious significance. It reminds people about what was being screamed as uh, airplanes were being flown into our buildings and skyscrapers. It, it has a significance that goes beyond the, uh, the religious significance. Um, and, and they were doing it. It was a very uncomfortable, very difficult uh, Saturday in D.C., and yet the media did nothing. The media was absent without duty. They did not and a damn thing to cover that story. If they, well, they'll say, we didn't know it was going to happen. Well, then you're not doing your jobs as investigative reporters. No, I think they were told, don't even go here for this. It's not a story hey, that uh, we want you to talk about. They all got offices in D.C. They mm -hmm. knew what was happening. All well, they had to do was look out the friggin' window. What do you see all those 80,000 people doing? Maybe you should grab a camera and go take some video, but they didn't. Hey, Bill, we've done it again. Another show in the can, man. Um, mm -hmm. If you want to contact us, our number is 833-538-7868.
833-538-7868. And uh, there's uh, Jim and Bill at mail.com. There's uh, uh, mail at uh, Jim and Bill.com and uh, mail at it's another day.com. I'm confusing you. <laughs> mail at it's another day.com or you got uh, Jim and Bill at mail.com. Those are the easiest ways to do it. Yes. And now, without any further ado, it's time for our signature sign off with the one Mr. The dulcet tones of one Mr. Bill Knight. Us the La Vista, baby. We're out of here. This is CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?